Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? We are back. Adam Stark, Nick, and Julius. But today, we are joined by special guest, none other than Big Joe Fourier. So what is going on, Joe? And what have you been up to, man? Uh, what have I been up to? Wait, hold on. Excuse me. He's got to research what he did, what he's been up to. Yeah, let me look at my photos real quick. <laughs> uh, what have I been up to? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, this is really cool. I really love the Detroit connection. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, like I told you guys. Super warm and fuzzy. But anyways, what I've been doing now, um, I you know, I tried to claw my way back in the NFL once uh, they kicked me out of the club. And I battled for two years to get back in, to get that invested uh, retirement plan. And I didn't get it. And I played in the AAF for a little bit. Um, ended up choosing not to do that ended up getting ankle surgery and around that time is when I started acting, doing improv, stand up, getting more creative, um, you know, and, uh, indulging my, my podcast interests more and that kind of stuff. And I have since signed with an agency for commercial talent, for theater work, for, uh, I have a manager for acting and, um, I have an unscripted manager too, for like hosting. And that was the stuff that I got into immediately like ESPN, Fox Sports, NFL AM, CBS Sports, um, things like that where I was unscripted, where I could showcase my talent, but I still had to be buttoned up. I was talking X's and O's. It got kind of boring and it got kind of monotonous. So I moved on from that. That's what I was doing when I was living in New York. I moved back to LA, lived in the Olympic Village of acting, which is Hollywood. And I'm living in West Hollywood now. And um, before the world closed down, I was just starting to get back from my ankle surgery and I just started getting auditions. I was getting big ones for like NBC, a couple of feature films and started kind of getting a few callbacks, some interest and realized that I was probably going down the right path. Well, then as soon as things started heating up, then started the pandemic. So just like everybody else, my story is not unique and everything shut down. So my life was like, ah, pause. So that was difficult. <laughs> And, uh, but since then, in the past couple months, I've been seeing more opportunity, more emails, more, uh, uh, conversations with my agent and more auditions, more self tapes. And, uh, that is my life. Now I, I uh, support myself through my, my acting and my creative talents. So do you, yeah. I, I assume now that you're acting, you, you have to have a monologue ready. Is that right? Uh, I've, I've turned in a few. Yeah. Well, yes. okay. Can we hear a little bit of one? You got a little bit of a monologue for us? Oh, I guess. Uh, is that too much on the spot? 
this it, it would it would have to i would have to refresh my memory on a few <laughs> okay no worries um, <laughs> i did i did however do a spanish accent recently which was pretty funny because like because my of my last name and my not so fair skin i get uh so i get these you know little saucy rolls and so i get some latin rolls little, little salsa teacher yeah right <laughs> I, I was like this, this there was a little bit of this a little bit of that so i had to uh, speak in a, a Spanish accent. I was like, I'll take her shopping and she'll experience so much luxury. Oh, trust me. I was, <laughs> like that kind of thing. It was really fun. <laughs> you know, watch some videos on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, you know, it's fun. Like get to pre- pretend to be actors, pretend to be characters um, and, uh, you know, get to sh- you know showcase talents and, things that you didn't know and go down avenues in your mind that you never know you had. And then, you know, testing myself and testing my will um, and testing my, you know, ability to give my energy to something that isn't sports. And that was a tough pill to swallow for so long because I was just bred as a fucking, as a gladiator to fucking catch a ball or dunk on somebody. And then when that was done, I was like, I'm, I'm fucking tall as shit for no reason. What am I going to do now? (laughs) So I thought thought there was probably more, you know, some more uh, things being made on TV with all these streaming services and movies. And I just calculated in my head, I was like, not a lot of tall people. And there's not a lot of tall people that, you know, have my certain pedigree. And then, you know, you know, I did the stats uh, equation in my head and I was like, wait, there's a need for this. So, I thought I can get my toe or big toe in the door. And if that, that didn't help me out, I, I know myself just getting that uh, opportunity, I can do the rest. So also you kind of slipped right by uh, stand up. Do you do a little stand up? Is, is that right? I, I took a stand up class and I performed okay. and everything. And it was, uh, it was difficult. It wasn't my cup of tea. I tried it my best. Uh, I got a okay. few laughs, but uh, it was, it was something that, it, I have I earned a lot more respect for them and their ability to create jokes and you know basically like a magician like make you think you're going this way and then reverse it at the end with the three or the or the the callback or whatever I'm just like wow there's a lot that goes into this yeah there should there's probably some severe like some sure talents out there but uh, it takes a lot of work to be able to have your jokes at. And it also showed me that you can be, you can also not be funny and be good at stand up. (laughs) Like I I take pride in my ability to be like, doom, 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 like off the top. Like improv was my thing. Stand up was really difficult for me because you had to sit down and write and whatever. And you had to think about how did the, how you set it up and everything. And there's people that were like literally not funny at all that knew how to write. And that's just a lot of, you see these ghost writers and stuff that are, that write for certain standups and stuff like that. Like, Someone who has deliveries good, off. Yeah, yeah great. Deliveries off. They probably don't look right. They probably got a fucking lazy eye or something like that. Actually, that'd probably be funnier. But nevertheless, they write for other people. Yeah, for sure, man. Oh my god, <laughs> acting world. I took, I took probably like three, like public speaking improv classes when I was in high school and college, and some of them were they were fun. And some of them were, you know, they were tough. They would make you sweat, get a little nervous. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make you uncomfortable, but that's where growth happens. And they realize there is, there is a talent to this and like being funny is one thing, but then like being able to, you know, continue on the joke or say yes. And, or, or, um, you know, it really helps with, I, I found improv to help with, you know, just life situations, you know, you're, you're in, or with women or, you know, just, or, or closing a deal in business. 
instead of saying like no or shut or not knowing how to keep th- everything good the conversation going and improv was instrumental like another piece of my tool belt to use in all types of things adventures in my in my life so that oh, i think yeah. that's that 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 totally correlates i took a, a few improv classes and a uh, not, all of them, not all of them were actors. A lot of them were directors, writers, uh, um, people that in the business force, some, you know, some motivational speakers, just people that wanted to get better at being off their hip. And that does take practice. And it also showed me that I, I wasn't as funny as I thought I was. I was like, I got to get funnier. I got to learn this shit, <laughs> you know? So I, I, and I, from level one, two, three, and four, I got better. And, you know, it really, you really do see the difference. Yeah, for sure. So before the fame, Joe, you were, you were just a high school student, high school standout. So take me through, you know, your commitment process for Notre Dame, obviously, and then obviously the transfer to UCLA and just, you know, tell me the, tell me one of the stories, some of the good stuff that went down during that, that whole process. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, little high school, little all American, all state and basketball and football, no big deal, but whatever. Um, so I ended up choosing Notre Dame out of high school. Um, we did really well my senior year. We were one of the better teams in the nation via one of those magazines or something like that. Um, and then I ended up choosing Notre Dame out of Crespi. And uh, I was part of the number one recruiting class in the nation in 2008. Played there, um, burned my red shirt halfway through the season, played in the um, uh, bowl game. And then I ended up getting in trouble, getting, getting suspended. And I transferred to UCLA. Uh, when I went to UCLA, I got a few injuries. Then I finally proved myself and had success there. Got a few touchdowns. Thought I was going to get drafted. Instead of it getting drafted, I went watched all seven rounds, no call until the very end, where I got to actually then choose the Detroit Lions over a few other teams that were trying to ask me to be signed with them to be undrafted. Because once the draft is over, you are then not you are then the picker, the chooser. You know, you're not getting drafted hoping you're, you get your name gets called. You're actually going to get a bunch of calls after, and you get to choose which undrafted camp you want to go to. And at the time, my, my uh, agent, who was also my uncle's agent, who played 13 years in the NFL before me, was the same agent as Scott Linehan, one of the, uh, the offensive coordinator uh, during the early years of the Detroit Lions in 2012, 13-14, I think. Um, and yeah, he was the same agent and we had the same agent and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go there and end up, he wrote a bunch of touchdown plays for me and, uh, you know, ended up going well. So that was my road to the NFL from high school, college. And you really glossed over, uh, what happened there in Notre Dame. So I'm just going to try to, let's try to rewind this real quick. And, uh, I got to know what happened. Why did, why well, did you if, go from if, Notre Dame if, to UCLA? If you, if you, if you want to, if you want to Google it, it's the, the information oh, I mean, out there. I know what happened. I know what happened. Oh, so, so I, I'm trying, show, I'm show trying to see show your listeners, show your listeners that you did your due diligence. So what I heard is that you were in Notre Dame and you slapped a pre-sass and that was it. That's all I know. And so I want to know if that was true, if that's just I, media overhyping it. No, that's exactly what happened. And I, I love how, I love how it was really cut and dry because for so long I had to re I had to retell that same fucking story at the combine to every single team. Oh, I had man. 32 different meetings. I had to tell it 32 different times. And I told this, uh, you know, the, um, what's it called? Uh, the teams that I, why I left Notre Dame for UCLA. I retell that story in great detail every time. 
But Jeez I love when it just Louise. got dry because it really just, at the end of the day, it's just like, I the priest in the butt and he didn't like it. And he, did, he, he didn't like it. Out. It reminded me of, it, OBJ did that to the to the <laughs> police officer after uh, LSU's win. Am I right? Right. Yeah. And yeah same, like same kind of thing. Yeah. Just like, all right, well, we we're just having a good time. But all right. Yep. Shouldn't have yep. did that. So then yeah, UCLA. Yeah. Some of those priests, I mean, they, they, they don't like being spanked in the butt, but they'll, they'll certainly... Give you give the little, little spank themselves. <laughs> oh, Whoa. No. Whoa. oh no! Spotlight. <laughs> Spotlight. I, I good movie. But I was going to let you go because it's your podcast. It's <laughs> oh, a good man, movie. No. We'll go everywhere with this podcast. Yeah, feel free, man. This is whatever, whatever you want to say. No filter <laughs> on here. Nick certainly. He's he's the the no filter man. So uh, I know. I swear too much. That's that's from my dad. I got a sailor's mouth. Hey. You bring, you bring passion. That's what I you think. You bring tenacity, passion. dude, and I love it. I love hey, it. Hey. Right, you, got this, you guys got this mailbag for me? What's going on? What, what is it? What's, what for else sure, you man. Got? Yeah, so we, we have a mailbag, nothing you know, crazy, but we have a couple questions, so I'll just start it off with the first one, and it comes from Logan Freezebooth, and he straight up just wants to know, do you think Matt Stafford is good enough to win a Super Bowl? Judging by, you know, based off of other quarterbacks you've, you know, caught in passes from, other, you know, quarterbacks you just have met and you just thought, wow, this guy's a genius or, you know, throughout your history of, you know, playing the NFL is Stafford, I guess, you know, do you think he could win a Super Bowl himself? I've thrown with the likes of Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner. I was in the Patriots for a few weeks. So I know Tom Brady, Carson Palmer's gotten pretty deep in the playoffs. Um, a few others as well. Mark Sanchez, NFC Championship a few times. Um, so I've definitely thrown with some talent and seen how they act and how they and their talent level. And I'll tell you what, Stafford has all the measurables. And on paper, he's everything you want for a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And he's always in that like edge of first tier um, greatness, except, you know, except for the wins and losses, really. And to be honest, to be cut and dry, I mean, I think Stafford is capable and able to win. However, I don't think it's, he's been put in a position to be successful from his organization. And that's just from when I was there. I think it's gotten better or it's changed, or at least it's been trying to, but uh, the, the, the records don't really showcase the talent level of Matt Stafford. And I think he's totally capable and, and deserving of a Super Bowl. He ever threw you like a, a real a real strong bu- a bullet like this? Because I heard that oh. some of his catches, some of his throws are hard to catch for a lot of guys, even Calvin Johnson. <laughs> My, yeah, there's been a few times when I've seen him throw a little too hard, like a screen sometimes or over the middle. Um, and he'll he'll know he's like damn, he's like he'll know that like he just threw the fuck hard. Um, sometimes on, a, on like an in route or a basic route where you're going over the middle, but. I, the reason why Stafford, <clears throat> he liked me for my first year was that I, I caught those. So I was like, bring it on. Bring it on, Niner. Bring it on. Hey, we, um, we certainly love a tight end that can catch footballs. It uh, hasn't happened a whole lot in our past. Thankfully, we got Hawkinson, who's been doing all right, but uh, not the best track record besides yourself and, you know, Charlie Sanders. And that's about all I could think about. Holy shit. I love to be in that company. <laughs> hey man, hey man that, that one year was good we had a good year that was fun your your um, season high for touchdowns is higher than charlie sanders season high for touchdowns he had his best was six your best was seven so that's elite company you know tell charlie you can oh he's, he's not here anymore um that you know that that's the you know 
it's just what I do. <laughs> no, delete that off the fucking podcast. All right. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Um, we got uh, my buddy. He asked, I don't understand why you weren't picking Who's your buddy? Kid. What's his, Does a buddy have a name? I, I, I guess I just forgot to write the name. So sorry for oh, yeah. this listener, but uh, I, it's the only one I didn't write the name for. The next guy is LionsDan8181. But this guy just, um, hopefully you know who you are when I mention your question. But he says, I don't understand why you weren't picked up. You're really good. You, you know, you had your seven touchdown seasons. Were you getting any calls or, you know, it was just surprising to, I guess, all of us. Um, well, uh, a story that I've only told like once or twice is uh, the story of the opportunity I have thereafter the New England Patriots. I'm still nursing a, uh, an ankle injury. I was nursing a fresh meniscus, um, my, coming back from a fresh meniscus tear and surgery. So when that all happened, I thought I had done enough in my first year. Um, even though my second year was plagued with injuries, I thought I had done enough in my first year to then get more opportunities for a fourth year, even though, uh, um, my third year was bouncing around, yada, yada. Uh, I thought I wasn't going to get enough for a fourth year and sign with the team. After the Patriots, I went week 14 or something like that. I went to uh, then St. Louis Rams and they offered me um, a practice squad contract, but I just didn't want to finish out the year with for two weeks, you know, for, you know, limping and, you know, harboring this team, just, uh, you know, play some, you know, wait out the season. So I said, no, to an opportunity. And you don't do that in the NFL. You know, even if I thought I, my head got a little big and I thought I was bigger than practice squad and I didn't want it. And I wanted to just heal up and then try, give it a try hard next year. Then next year, even though I had a super good agent, I got no opportunities, no camp, no nothing. And it was a combination of a few things. Um, I think, I think I was already at a disposition because of my undraftedness. You got to think. Yeah, I, I still scored a bunch of touchdowns, but there was 31 other teams that didn't like me and didn't want to give me an opportunity. So with that, or what have you, so with, with that, you, you take into account the other aspects where, where it's like I got injured off the field um, and I sent out a stupid tweet once. Like there was a few like white, like little red flags next to my name. And I guess no one was in my corner. So when that happens, the, the football is very clicky. And I, know, and I know this very, very well because I have close friends, friends that I'm very proud of and know that their talent level and how great they are as men. But in their football careers come to, come to light. You really think about it. They got less plays than I got touchdowns. Like I know guys that got in the field three or four or five times, but they played seven freaking years in the NFL and got all that money and got all the retirement. And did all that because they just were in with somebody. They just knew somebody, one of the coaches. So one of the coaches liked them. And I guess the, uh, um, uh, the, the coach, the, I never got to prove myself to Jim Caldwell. I was injured the whole time. Um, and my other coach, uh, what was before that? Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. Jim Schwartz yeah. he, he was a defensive guy and he only liked me when I started scoring. And, and he still didn't like my touchdown dances. So there was people around the league, but I never got that one shot. That guy that stand on the table and be like, yo, we need Joe. We need Joe. So I, I basically, to answer your question, to answer the question bluntly is like, I made my bed and I had to fucking sleep in it and I couldn't claw my way back in. And, um, 
it was difficult, difficult pill to swallow. It was difficult to accept. It was, I went through it very sad. A couple of nights staying, staying at the house, not leaving for a while. Like difficult, but, um, you know, I'm way, I can, I'm able to talk about it now because I'm way better off from it. And it's been a lesson and been a highlight of my life. And, uh, but I'm making way more, way more highlights away from the sport now that I'm comfortable. I can, I can talk about it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta fail forward. You know what I mean? If I fail, that's all right. Life happens. Fail forward. Move it, move it, go, keep it going. Move it on. You know? What was your favorite moment as a lion? <laughs> my favorite moment as if, a lion. If you recall a singular favorite, like, you know, I don't know, one of your touchdowns, was it the first one? I mean, the first one was amazing and I'll have no other feeling like it. And then the other one, other one was the game when I had three, that was ridiculous. But also one of the times I witnessed Calvin go off for 300 yards, that was ridiculous. I got to watch Adrian Peterson take it 78 yards and just uh, after his, his second player, first play after his knee surgery. I saw that that was wild. Um, and I got thrown out of the club by Michael Johnson. I think it was a defensive end for the Bucks or the Bengals. The Bengals, yeah. I remember. The Bengals, right, right, right. Um, I've played football my whole entire life, and I've gone against big guys. I got my bell rung. I've, bl- I've freaking blacked out a couple times. I can get cussed, but I usually put my – I weigh down and punk her up, and I freaking do my work. I don't <laughs> care who's bigger than me. I'll do it. And I'm, never have I ever felt like such a little bitch. And he, I came down on a block and he threw me like a rag doll and I've done it to other people. I, I, I know how it, I know how it, it feels to do that to somebody else, but no one has ever, no one's dunked on me and I've gone to get some really big talent like Drew Holiday and a bunch of other types in my life. And especially in high school basketball, no one's done that before. And no one's thrown me out of the club like this man did. And when I say my six, eight, two sixty ass flew 30 yards away. <laughs> Like Michael Johnson, it was the craziest thing, and that just that's just because I got got, and I was like, "Wow, this NFL, dude!" And I had gotten <laughs> before that. I was feeling myself for a few games, like, "Oh God!" <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was just bad. But besides that, yeah, scoring three touchdowns in a game, even the even a lot of the best can't fucking say that. So suck on that. <laughs> I was gonna say too. I would assume that one of the top, one of your favorite ones would have to be. I mean, we lost, ended up losing the game to Baltimore on a Justin Tucker sixty-one oh, yard. But oh, your man. touchdown, that, that would have been a go-ahead touchdown. It that was it would have been a game winner. And I, I, you could see your face just like just elated that you two minutes to go, maybe even less than that touchdown, less than that, less than that Baltimore. Oh my gosh, dude, dude, on Monday night. On Monday night, night. Or something like that, yeah, whatever. Yeah, night. and I national like, game. Fucking hell! I just got a game-winning touchdown. That was yeah, and that, that, <laughs> that was big. Shit. That piece of shit, Justin, Justin Tuck. Oh so, man, he was he's so let me, good. Let me let me flip that real quick. And we're talking all these positives. I do kind of want to bring up just you know we got to bring up. There's dark days. We're Lions fans, and and we have dark days. Do you think that Tucker was probably the most heartbreaking loss you've had in sports? Or do you think, like, I also noticed that the game after that, the play the, goes the off. The Giants game. That's exactly, exactly. Did we, yeah, if exactly. we would have won, everybody everybody lost. Everybody yeah. needed to lose, lost. Yeah. So all we had to do was win. And that passed. All we had to do was win. And I ha- it was my first start, my, my first or second start. And it was just me playing the whole game. I was playing pretty good. I got through yeah. balls. I was blocking my ass off. 
whatever, whatever. And then call third down to get me the ball on, on an out. And dude, it, it looked like he Matt, had coverage Matt, draped Matt, on you though. Matt, Matt, uh, he never, for some, I don't know why, but it was just out of my reach. I couldn't get it. And if I can't fucking get it, no one can get it. So I was like, dude, I was right. I was, and I was wide open. Mm-hmm. I was wide open. All he had to do was put it on me, but he put too much sauce on it. It, it, I think it grazed my finger and then pick six, no playoffs. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, it goes to overtime. That, that, yeah. that, hurt the, that hurt the worst. That hurt the worst. That, that's what I was going to ask. Um, you took the words out of my mouth, so I appreciate that. You, you, I, I, Lions I, fans, so we got to remember that because that, that's diehard shit. I don't really I, <laughs> I don't talk about that ever because that's just like we didn't go to the playoffs because of that play. Yeah, that's Jim, Jim Schwartz last year. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, it was tough, but uh, final question. So this one, it's kind of a funny one, but obviously Calvin Johnson seems like a giant to everyone. So now when you walked to Lions training camp, was Calvin Johnson just, you know, a, a normal big guy to you? Or was he, was he still like, a, this guy's a freak of nature? Well, I'll tell you what, when he was running on the field with his visor and his, and his long, huge horse legs, like just would just cover so much ground and like the way he caught the ball, like one inch off the ground and 12 feet in the air was wild. Absolutely wild. It was amazing to see. And I saw Larry Fitzgerald too. I saw Gronk, I saw Julian and, and, and Danny run routes. Like I've seen a lot of big time players do big time things, but Calvin Johnson was one of the coolest people to ever play with. Um, and yeah, he did the wild thing is that he was my size. I wasn't bigger than him. I, I, was, I didn't consider myself bigger than him. Yeah, I'd probably said I was three inches taller than him or whatever, but fuck, I was not bigger than him. We were the same fucking size. Was he, he always looked huge on TV, too. Like, Calvin yeah. Johnson looked like he was 6'8 on TV. Yeah, because he freaking was. At least to me, it was. <laughs> At least, I, I guess the, there was something extra about, you know, it might have been in his cleats or something like that, but he, he carried himself in a way that his manner was so calm. Um, and, uh, he was just super, he was, he was really fun to play with. That's how I knew I made it before I even made the team when I was getting daps from him and like good jobs from him. Cause he didn't talk. So when he did talk to you, it was like, it was like, that a boy, Joe, we had our own handshake. I was like, oh, I'm making, I'm making this team. Like, oh, I'm making this team. We had a handshake before I before cut before our last cuts. I was like, I was like week four. I was like, mm, see ya. I'm on. So you guys, be all rookie and you like a little four year vet. Get out of here. I'm, I'm my team. I'm on this team. I, so, I, don't even, I don't even need a call from Jim Schwartz. Calvin said I'm on the team because we have a fucking handshake. Even during the season, is, is, is Calvin still like, like that whole season was Calvin very quiet to himself, kind of? Or like, how was Calvin off the field? Because he, he, you know, he was very quiet and monotone in his interviews and everything like that. So I'm just curious how he was in the locker room. Yeah, it, there had to be a few walls to break down. You had to have something in common. You had to like you had to play with him a little closely, and he had to trust you and respect you in a way. And but he was always nice to everybody. But I got you know got, broke down those walls because I'm me, but also because we spent time together. We we, we had house parties together. We, you know, like game, you know, stuff you do. It's not house parties, you know, party team parties and stuff like that. Um, it's not, not house parties. I live in Hollywood now. Sorry, my jargon's off. <laughs> team parties and stuff like that like you know dressing up for halloween and you know talking at the locker and you know traveling together you know being on the plane for this long the bus for this long talking bs and you just that's the best part of the the, the game is you you miss the 
the camaraderie and stuff like that. Like talking to Calvin Johnson, um, it's my work. It's for work. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would you say then on a flip side of that is the funniest teammate that, that you funniest? Had? Who you get? Because yeah, Tony Shuffler. Yeah. Tony Shuffler was a fucking gem. <laughs> yes, Tony, I love Tony Shuffler. Uh, all uh, any team you go on, there's going to be a couple wacky tight ends. <laughs> There's a there's there's going to be a couple of, every team has them. You, Kittle's the most popular one, but mm-hmm. and then Gronkowski. But you, you, there's one of those on every team, and I was I was the one for the Lions, but I was led by Scheffler because at first when I, when I got to the Lions, I was like I didn't say a damn word, like I didn't talk to anybody. I, I did talk to people, like I didn't tell any, I didn't show anybody my my humor until I was like making plays and stuff like that and got more comfortable. But like I remember like a couple weeks in they showed a video of me and like, Joe, we didn't know you were funny. And it was like, I didn't talk to anybody. I was just like, <laughs> I'm just doing my work. But um, yeah, it was Tony Shuffler awesome. was, was absolutely hilarious. And I have a bunch of one-liners from him that I could not repeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We still keep in touch. He's great. But guys, I appreciate this. I have to get out of here, but thank you for your time. For sure, man. Oh yeah. Thanks appreciate for, uh, it, brother. Thanks for having us on. Or thank yeah, you. Right. yeah. Appreciate uh, it. Good times were had, and I'll um, you know I'll let you know when I'm in uh, Texas, Julius. Oh yeah, sure for sure. Shoot me a DM, man. Let me know. All right, cool guys. Bye. See you later, Peace. man. Well, if I would have known, we had like thirty <laughs> minutes. In and out, he was. I guess we probably should have been like, what the time? What time frame? Did we ever like discuss what how long it was going to be? I mean, it's. I, t- I told him it's an hour episode and it's eight twenty seven. So he was probably playing seven thirty to eight thirty. But then yeah, just, we, it was a thirty. He was there for thirty minutes. Yeah, and then we we talked the first ten off 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 record. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 We did. Well, it was still fucking cool to just yeah. converse with. It was. Him. Yeah. He's, he's he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we've been on the phone for like two hours, I so know. I'm gonna hang out. I'll see you guys later. All right, brother. See you later. All right. Man. Catch you guys later. I'll yeah. send this over to you too, Nick. Cool. Thank you. See you, bro. Yeah. Get out of here. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.